there's only one chapter for that. Uh, four, four, uh, I mean, we, we only have four chapters to this, or five chapters today. But this um, verse is uh, chapter one. Um, I may only use five verses in here. Verse number one to four, and then we jump to verse number twelve. Alright, let's read this together. Let's read this together. If you if you may stand there, if you can. If it's not so cumbersome for you to stand. So let's um, read these verses together from verses 1 to 4. And then verse number 12. Alright? Let's read it together. James chapter 1. Together now, verse number 1. Together read. James my our father once again lord we thank you for uh, this uh, moment uh, of the night in our privilege lord that we can gather together to listen to your words lord help us to be a people that uh, will uh, um, rely upon you, O God, and not on ourselves. Help us, Lord, that we may grow in our Christian life, that we will not want anything but, Lord, the perfection that you want us to have. And I pray, O God, that uh, we will uh, follow you wholly as you have found um, Joshua and Caleb. Um, Lord, there's a record in the Bible, and you, uh, Lord, um, pronounce it in the Bible that they have followed you wholly. And Lord, um, let it be named also among us, O oh God, that we will follow you wholly and not um, the things in this world. Uh, Lord, um, tonight I pray that this will be a blessing to all of us. And Lord, point your fingers on those things that are uh, need, needing, needing change in our lives, O oh God, so that, Lord, um, um, we may be able to live a life that is acceptable in your sight. And bless your people once again, Lord. And thank you for this um, time of our gathering tonight. And that, Lord, you have given us the opportunity to pray and and to um, give unto you, Lord, the desires of our hearts and the need of our church and the need of the individuals of God. Because, Lord, we cannot do this by, by our own. We um, just trust, Lord, that you will hear us and you will um, attend to our prayers. And that, Lord, uh, we may have the things of that, that uh, we ask from you. Bless us tonight. Bless this word also. Uh, help me as I deliver your word to your people. And cover me, Lord, with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And help me as I open my mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. The pathway to spiritual maturity. And again, this is the beginning of uh, the writing of James. As we generally accept this to be coming from him, uh, James. And James is, as you know him, um, he's the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not know if um, um, any one of us that does not know that, but that is the reality and that is the truth. 
James, the brother of the Lord Jesus. Um, he's known in the early times, in the early church, as the person named James the Just. So here, um, this person, uh, James, in those times, before Jesus Christ was crucified and died on the cross, James was not really a believer of the Lord Jesus. He was an opponent. I mean, in the family, you know, he, the Lord Jesus is the eldest in the home. And um, the Lord Jesus has a lot of brothers and sisters, uh, according to the record in the Bible. Um, one of that is James. And James is one of the opponents of the Lord Jesus in the early life of uh, the Lord uh, in the ministry. Now, um, to prove that is in, we can find those verses in Mark chapter 6, verse number 3, to show that the Lord Jesus was the eldest and he's got a lot of brothers and sisters. The Bible says, verse number 3, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, speaking about the Lord Jesus, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? Uh, you you have not heard of Joseph, you have not heard of Judah because this is not the Judah that's uh, 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 the disciple or the apostle uh, Judas. This is not the one. And Simon, this is not Peter. So these are different um, pers personalities, people. But these are the brother of, brothers of the Lord in the flesh. I mean, they were also born to Mary. And are not his sisters here with us? So the Lord Jesus had sisters that are also in opposition to him. And they were offended at him. Okay, let's take a look at this um, John chapter 7 verse number 1. John chapter 7 verse number 1. <coughs> Bible says, After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry. Because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the, the, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His, um, his brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that uh, uh, may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Verse 5, For neither did his brethren believe in him. That's including James. So, again, the tenor of this statement of these brethren of the Lord Jesus Christ, they have no uh, confidence in the Lord. They, have, they don't believe what the Lord Jesus said. And they oppose every step of the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he departed. Um, and when he worked, and then maybe he come home somehow, maybe to rest or to eat, and then work again in, in, the, uh, in the ministry. And he preached there, and the people and the people in the household uh, do not really believe in him. And in here, we will find this name of James again in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 18. Galatians 1, 18, it says, Then after three years I went up, this is Paul speaking, 
Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. So that is James, and some people speculate that he got saved after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ when he saw the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus and he got he believed in him but again that is just speculation we do not know when is exactly the time that James got converted whether someone spoke to him and he believed in Christ and then he served Christ uh, but we know that uh, he believed in the Lord and there's no doubt about it whether um, um, people will think that um, uh, he, he, he got saved um, right after the resurrection or or uh, way way after um, the resurrection we do not know but we believe that uh, James got converted and he became the bishop and the ruler and the, and the leader of the church in Jerusalem he was one of the um, like uh, a deacon or should we say preacher in in Jerusalem church in James chapter 1 this is interesting how he introduced himself. James, the brother of the Lord Jesus, introduced himself in his writing, but not as the brother of the Lord Jesus. Notice what he said in his introduction of himself. James, a servant, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greeting now his letter here was written to the entire church to the whole church and he wrote this to these people uh, in the reference of to the 12 tribes and again that is a symbolic description now because he is addressing to the entire christendom christendom he is introducing himself uh, to the people and and again I believe because he introduced this to the entire church in those times so this letter also is again written for all of us because this is for all the Christians all over the place so this is including us today when we read it so here um, James uh, he opened his letter here um, with the theme of spiritual maturity because again that is exactly what we need in our Hello. christian life today not just in way way back in those times of their days but even until up to this time of our days today we need maturity yeah. we need to grow in our christian life notice the word here in verse number four verse number four we read this god's purpose purpose for his children that he said uh, that he may be perfect and entire one thing nothing and again surely not one of us doesn't does not want to, to grow mature all of us want to become spiritually mature because there is great blessing in that we know there is great blessing behind spiritual maturity but again the process by which we may reach that maturity is something that not so many people will do something that not so many people will follow because there is a pathway um, to maturity and what are this pathway to maturity the, the, this person um james here james 
um, is uh, dealing with this and showing us from verse number 1 to 4 and also in verse number 12 of his book in first chapter 1 of uh, James chapter 1 verse number 1. It said, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her work, or perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That means you must be mature. Verse number 12. Um, blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now, how are we going to grow mature? How can we have this? What's a pathway towards maturity? Number one, I believe, um, it starts here with the beginning of this maturity. And we must begin by first and foremost entering into the relationship into the family of god by placing our faith in the lord jesus christ because you know we cannot really think about maturity or growing without becoming first you know uh, born into the family of god yeah you cannot grow in your life without you first being born yeah so you must be born first and then you start from there then growing and growing and growing right here in our christian life if there is someone here listening to me tonight and and that someone does not know where does he go when 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 he dies this is a big problem this cannot be you know applicable to you but if you are here tonight and you do not know where you go when you die you must first and foremost enter into that relationship with the lord jesus Come into the Lord Jesus Christ and become born into the family of God. Then you will become part of the family. Yep. Now notice the verse here in verse number 2. James said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into temptations. Now again, we cannot overemphasize uh, the importance of salvation. Because it is a waste of time. You come here and you are not saved. Yep. And, and it is a waste of time. You come to our church. And then you do not know where you go when you die. Yep. It is really important for all of us to be saved. And it is emphasized here over and over again. Because here, um, our, our, our God wants you to be saved. He wants you to be saved just like James was saved. Just like the Apostle Paul and Apostle Peter and all those um, 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 apostles and the brethren in the past are saved. And even a lot of brethren right now, a lot of people right now that are saved. So these people are brethren, but you cannot be part of this, you know, um, family of God without you coming to Jesus Christ first. Yeah. Yeah. So make it a priority in your life. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior. And then once you do that, that means you become a child of God. You become member of the family of God because no one can grow into you know uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and become mature in his Christian life who is not yet first uh, um, being born into the family of God you must be first and foremost being born into the family of God by accepting Jesus Christ so again there must be birth before growth there must be birth before you grow 
So that is what the Bible says here. There must be this um, uh, words in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 18. There's a word, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot do that, and it's not acceptable to you if you are not saved. It is only acceptable, I mean, um, it's only applicable to those who are saved. Yep. In order for you to have this first or second Peter 3.18, you must have John 1.12. John 1.11 and 12. He, he said he came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In John 1.14, John 1.14, And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Then once you have that, once you know that you are saved, once you know that you have Christ in your life, then you can have 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory forever, uh, both now and forever. Amen. Then, after that, if that is settled in your life, then now you are on your way to becoming mature. You are on your right pathway to maturity then after after that um, 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 faith in the Lord Jesus then we will have this thing that we need to grow the relationships and the responsibilities that we have in this in the family of God we have the relationship and we have the responsibility in this relationship so here in James chapter 1 verse number 2 he mentioned this again Notice here, he said, my brethren, again, James addressed his letter to my brethren. Not only was uh, James himself a child of God, he was speaking to those people who also are children of God. He spoke to these people, he addressed and he wrote to other children of God. And again, of course, we understand it that he called them brethren that means brothers and sisters in Christ each one that received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior you know is our brother Amen. is our sister yep. so therefore you have responsibility upon these people I have responsibility to uh, brother Tim I have responsibility to MJ I have responsibility to I have responsibility to Sister Amy. I have responsibility to every person that receives Jesus Christ. The same thing is true with you. You have responsibility. Do not say that, oh, I, I have I have done your you have done your part and then you go. No. Make sure that you know we we, we look after one another. Amen. If you cannot really, you know, um, help one another in any, you know, um, a significant um um, help, but at least we can help in prayer. At yeah. least you will mention these people in your prayer. Why? Why we mention each one in our prayer? Because we have responsibility. 
we we pray for you and you pray for us and i pray for someone and that someone will pray for at least we have these people you know um, um asking the throne of grace seeking god to cover us with the power of god while yeah. wherever we may go whatever we may do in every day in and day out we have these people covering us in prayer each one of us must be busy ourselves in prayer each yeah. one of us must approach the throne of god at any time of the day mentioning every member of our church and mentioning every saved believer that we have in the lord that is the our responsibility here in this family if you are a child of god you have a responsibility to pray for one another yeah. i am a child of god i have a responsibility also to pray for you I, it is my responsibility that needs to be done sometimes you may fail to do that but again, the moment you remember that, go to the Lord in prayer and mention these people in your prayer. We have this responsibility. We call these people brothers and sisters. Why? Because they are also members of the family of God. All of these people, maybe even from our church and from outside our church, you know, pay, you know, some, some I mean, uh, give time to pray and mention them in your prayer because Ephesians 3.14 tells us Ephesians 3.14 For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. You see, whole family. And the Apostle Paul has not known us. He has not um, uh, seen us. This is 2,000 years ago. But he is calling this all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are one big whole family. All of us that receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have relationship and responsibilities. And we must recognize our family relationships and this responsibility. You see, all Christians, I'm talking about not all people that profess to be Christians, not all people that belong to a you know Christian denomination or a Christian religion. I'm not talking about those. I'm only talking about those people, real people who are true believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everywhere, they are our brothers and they are our sisters. Yeah. And again, there is a great privilege to bring them to the throne of grace and ask God for in behalf of for their favor. And we, we have responsibility to do that for them. And again, what a responsibility it places upon us in this regard. That we can bring someone to the throne. Without that person knowing that we are bringing that person to the throne. Lord, Lord, please bless this brother of mine. Lord, please bless this sister of mine. Lord, ah, uh, ah. Uh, this brother has problems, Lord, as I know. Please, Lord, comfort his heart. Guide him, Lord. Give him wisdom on how to uh, uh, face his problem. And please, Lord, uh, send your angel to help him. What a blessing it is if you will bring that someone to the Lord. What a responsibility it is. You see, there's a great blessing there behind our relationship. There's a great blessing behind our being children of God. You see, 
not just you know uh, to become spiritually mature uh, again we want that but we must recognize our family relationship upon recognizing our family relationship the problem with our Christian brothers and sisters most of the relationship that they created a close relationship with are unbelievers that yep. is a real problem yep. they are children of God like us we are brothers and sisters in the Lord but their relationship their fellowship is with unbelievers those people who do not love God I, I cannot really understand that but again that's what's happening they spend more time um, with the unbelievers rather than with the believers and in fact they escape from having that fellowship with the believers we have this great opportunity of coming together and you know enrich ourselves with that fellowship that i will tell you will send great blessings to those people that part of that fellowship to encourage one another and especially this point praying for one another because the prayer or the bible says the prayer of the righteous man availeth much the word availeth much um, is translated as very powerful when you pray for someone i will tell you if your heart is right and you pray for that someone what a blessing it is for that person i will tell you also when that person get blessed and and, and that history will tell us and the lord's record will show us that this person is really praying for this person and because of that prayer god bless this person then eternity will tell that this person that prays will be will be commended by the lord oh great is your faith because you are praying for someone you are not praying for yourself even you can pray for yourself also but you are praying for someone you devote your time for some people's benefit most of the time we come to god we pray for ourselves that reveals our selfishness it's not bad to come to the lord and ask for whatever request you have but for all the time you spent maybe uh, 10,000 hours of prayer the whole lifetime you spent 10,000 hours of prayer and all those prayer is just yourself whereas if you spend a lot of time for the sake of others that is where the Lord will be blessed yep. that is where the Lord will be glorified yep. in your life because you are spending your time you're supposed to have that for yourself but you chose not to not to spend time for your own prayer but you spend time for other people's benefit lord bless my brother please lord attend to his needs even though you yourself have your own need but you want others to be blessed by god you want others to be to be blessed by the lord and, and uh, his prayers be answered this is a responsibility but what a great privilege also it is being in the fellowship enhances our growth even in our prayer we can tell that the person is mature in his prayer when he prays for other people more than himself but if that person prays only for himself that is immaturity 
That is immaturity. Remember, even the pattern of prayer that the Lord Jesus uh, um, taught his disciples, when his disciples asked him, Lord, oh, teach us also how to pray, as John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. And the Lord taught, him, uh, taught them how to pray. And in this manner pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on in earth as it is in heaven. And then he continued on, uh, give us this day our daily bread. And, and then he continued on, said, uh, uh, forgive us our debts as we for, forgive our debtors. You see, you have to include others. You cannot just pray for your own benefit because that is immaturity. That is selfishness. Yeah. The Lord Jesus is not selfish at all. Yeah. In fact, most of his prayer is for us. Yeah. Not really for him. Yeah. He prayed for him, but most of those prayers is for others, is yeah. for us. That is why the motto, that the song that says, Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Let me um, Help me to live for others, that I might live like thee. So that we may live our life like the Lord Jesus. He lived his life for others. He died on the cross for others. Yeah. He, he, you know, absorbed all the pain on that cross for others. Right. That is why the Lord wants us to live for others. And again, after that, do you really want to grow mature? We need the grace of humility. The grace of humility. We must seek that grace in our life. Again, James here. Don't notice here. James is our example tonight. So we will just bring what he said in his, in his writing. In, in James chapter 1, verse number 1. Notice what he said. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. A servant of God. He could have said, James, a brother of our Lord. He could have said that. It's not wrong. James, a favorite brother of our Lord. By, You know? Or you could have said that. No one can refute that. He is already a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, he must be a favorite of the Lord Jesus Anyone that will follow the Lord is a favorite of the Lord. He could have said that. He could have said, James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem. James, the, um, the bishop of Jerusalem. He could have said that. But his word is very, very humble. James, a servant of Jesus Christ. A servant of God. Remember what this word servant? Slave. This is a slave. A slave has no right at all. A slave, if the, if the master will say, do not sleep, stand there at the door, I want to rest here, and there are people, bad people around here, do not, do not sleep, just stand there at the door the whole night. The, the, the slave will do just that. Because the slave has no right at all. Oh, uh, there's not much in uh, there, there's not much food, and 
I'm hungry and tomorrow there will be no food. Let me eat this food, half of this, I'll eat tonight, the other half tomorrow. Do not eat today. The slave has no power, he has, he has no right. That is how he considered himself a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a slave. He has a master that owns his time. He has a master that owns his, his talent. He has a master that owns his treasure. He has a master that owns his life. That's true. Whatever the master would say, the slave has no right at all. He is not covered by the law of the land. In those times, it's so bad. It's, you know, that's why slavery, you know, in America, they stop it. Um, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, um, fought against it because that is not a good practice. They believe that each and every individual is equal in the sight of God. Amen. Only in these recent times, but before a person that is slave has no right. If the, if the master will kill him, the master will not go to jail whatsoever. That is how it is. And James, James, a servant of God, what a humility is this? What humility that he, he, he has shown to us? We need to have this grace of humility. At least, you know, we'll remember who we are and who God is. At least you, we, we, we remember that we are nothing and God is everything. Amen. In verse number 7, chapter 4 of James, James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourselves therefore to God it is submission to God word yeah our humility is not really you know humility uh, just for the sake that people will call you humble no it's not about the people yeah our humility is to God word yeah whatever people may say oh that that person is so proud but you do not know the person yeah don't you know the Lord Jesus Christ was disliked by his brothers and sisters if you look at the, that how the way it was written notice i notice go back to um 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 go back to um, john chapter 7 verse number one i will start here for um verse number four verse number four for there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. He, they are, they are, um, you know, insinuating that the Lord Jesus Christ is proud person. Ah, oh, you are, you want, you just, you just want to be known. You just want to be um, uh, known to people. Um, we don't believe in you. You are, you are, um, uh, uh, you are a hoax. What you, what you, you said things and and. You know, it's baloney. People do not believe in him. Even his brothers, even his sisters do not believe in the Lord Jesus. And they're thinking of the Lord Jesus that wanted to be known. 
The Lord Jesus is a person that is so proud, narcissist. He loves himself so much. He wants people to obey him. He wants people to follow him. When, when the Lord Jesus, you know, gained traction, with, or when gained this support of the people, like when he called Peter and all his disciples, and they followed the Lord, and the brothers of the Lord, they have spite in their heart. You know, we don't believe in him because he's proud. He, uh, whatever he said is, you know, uh, is um, he didn't like the way the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, command people. He doesn't like the way the Lord Jesus Christ um, uh, speak to people. He, maybe he's, he's very authoritative. Whatever he said um, is, is always like with authority and they don't like it. They don't like it. I remember, now I, I'm very far from the Lord, but I remember my sister and and. They convinced Jinky, you know, they discouraged Jinky. Jinky was new in our church and 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 uh, I think we were already uh, about to be married. And then my sister, May, and my other sister, uh, Nana, they told Jinky, Jin, you know, Adrian is always right. <laughs> be careful with that because he is always right. <laughs> no, I... I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm always right. I just happen to have the right opinion in every time. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but they discourage Jinky with that. But you can see, you can sometimes not be in, um, um, approachable and, and again, still humble. The Lord Jesus Christ, with the way maybe he spoke to his brothers, he spoke to his sisters and family, because he was, he was the, you know, eldest among the brethren, among the family. He was the eldest. I think he, he commanded these people and, and uh, told these people what to do and all that. And because of over-familiarity, and they observed the Lord Jesus as just like a normal, normal person, and they don't believe in him. They don't believe in him. He said here, uh, in, in again, verse 3, His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence. It's just like, you know, they disrespected the Lord. They did not give as, even a little respect to the Lord Jesus. They, they are like mocking him. Okay, go now. Go show 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 yourself to the people. Show yourself to the law to the world. Because you know you want to be known. You want to be popular. Yeah, show yourself there. That is this kind of writing is sign of no respect at all. They are speaking these words to the Lord Jesus. They have over familiarity of the Lord. They know the Lord in and out. And he said, for there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. You want to be known. You want to be known to the people. Go, show yourself there. You see, for verse 5, for neither did his brethren believe in him. And that is, you know, sometimes when you, are, when you know your brother, when you're your sister, you don't really believe what God's calling in you. And they will just despise you. A lot of people in the family, in the home, um, and um, they they live a very rough and and very very bad 
are circumstances they are in and, and some of them are in, in, involved in drugs and all of a sudden the Lord saved the person, the Lord changed the person and, and the transition from being um, a bad person and now being changed by the Lord and setting his life right in the sight of God, that transition is so hard to convince the people around you. It's so hard to convince the people because they know what you did. They, they know how bad you are. And then now you are going to bring that Bible. And now you are going to teach us you know, about God. Yeah. And now you are going to teach us about yeah. righteousness. Who are yeah. you to tell us? Right. It's so hard to teach people you know, when, when they know that you are also you know, even more sinners than they are. Yeah. But again, it does not mean that, you know, the Lord is not working in the life of this person. Yeah. It does not mean that this person is, is you know, um, um, a person that is not believable. But again, it's so hard for people to believe. Yeah. But my friend, we need to understand that we need to grow. We need to have this grace of humility if you want to be mature. You want this maturity? Then have this grace of humility. Because again, our humility is important. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our example of humility. He has everything. He has all the power. But he humbled himself. No one is humbling him because no one in this world, no one, no one and nothing in this universe that can humble the Lord. That's right. But he humbled himself yeah. volitionally. Yeah. In, in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 3. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Say, oh, my brother... Uh, he's better than me. I know. I I I, I salute my my brother's uh, ability in this. Oh, my sister is a uh, you know uh, is um, uh, is a talented sister, and I I praise the Lord for her. So those kind of things. Uh, this is what Apostle Paul said. Um, let each um, esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, his obedience in the sight of man, the Lord Jesus Christ was named um, uh, Beelzebub, uh, was named, you know, uh, um, um, evil person. The, the Lord Jesus Christ was, uh, you know, uh, uh, despised by the people. Why? Because he did not allow himself, you know, to be distracted. His humility really is just to God's word. People will look in a different angle and aspect and will look at him as proud. His brothers and sisters look at him as proud. But they do not know what's working in the heart of the Lord Jesus. 
So, but because his humility is Godward, he will he he, he does not care what people may say. If we have in our church a person that is so like uh, cocky and 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 uh, proud, but do not judge. We do not know what's what's in the heart of the person. Do not judge these people. Maybe it's just their character. Maybe it's just their the way they um, get themselves up, the way they they uh, um, you know they talk. But do not judge. Do not judge. Let the work of God to be revealed in his life. Amen. Let the let the Lord be revealed because he is the one working in our heart, in our life. Now, how we need to obey, you know, the Lord and how we need to obey our, our God. And, I, and again, how are we going to obey our, you know, especially elder in the family, the the older people in the family, the elder in the church, um, those people in in you know um, uh, the older people. How are we going to to obey them? Uh, we have that in First Peter chapter five, verse number five. We have to obey, to especially to the elderly. Do not, especially to to the pastor, to uh, Sunday school teacher. If someone will will criticize or, or or accuse that one accuse that's hard word that is very very uh, solemn word accuse do not accept accusation do not accept let your brother brother before I before I hear that before before you say that I want you to pray first for that person. Then after you pray for that person, before I will hear it, does is it really you know related to me? Yeah. Is it really something that is related to me? If yeah. it, oh, no, oh, no, don't say it to me. Yeah. You see, especially if in the elder in the in the elderly of the church. Oh, you know what? I'm, I I saw I saw that person, or, or I hear that this person so and so is doing. No, no, no. Do not listen. Do not listen. In stopping the person from telling it, that person will not commit sin, and you also will not commit sin. Mm. So avoid that. But if you see it yourself, then talk to the person in, in, involved. Go straight to the person involved. Yeah. And if that person will be angry at you because you are telling the truth, then ask someone. You know, we have that in Matthew chapter 18. Yeah. We have that, you know, principle, how are we going to solve problems? If there is someone in sin, and you know it's in sin, or someone is telling you, you know what, someone is doing this. Uh, and then you talk to someone about that someone because you heard from someone, it's not already right. When you hear that there is this kind of problem, and then someone is telling you, you talk to someone, okay, have you spoken to that someone? Because we do not know if it is correct or it is true. Have you spoken to that someone? You better go and then I will yeah. pray for you. So avoid it. Avoid of um, um, telling, um, especially that person involved is a pastor or um, the elderly in the church. Again, um, it's better to do that so that to save the person, both both will be saved. If the problem will be will be solved and the the 
the person will ask for forgiveness. So that is how are we going to um, deal with that? If there's anyone really, because we cannot deny it. No, we are not perfect. And there's someone that do not agree or dislike what you do. And that person will criticize. Stop that person's mouth. Stop. Yep. Oh, oh, I don't want to hear it. Yep. Sorry. I don't want to hear it. Because that is not going to solve the problem. Yep. You really want to solve the problem? Then go to the person and say, you know what? I'm praying about this. And uh, what I heard, or what I what I see in you, is not really right. Uh, can we pray to the Lord now? We we'll pray, and then we ask the Lord for guidance. How, how how is this going to be corrected? And can you humble yourself also to the Lord and ask the Lord for forgiveness? Then, in that way, you can help the person in sin. In that way, you can help the person, um, you know, um, being being attacked by the devil uh, yep. to commit sin. Yep. If you allow it to go out. And then that is already, um, uh, you know, a gossip or something that God is not happy about. Yeah. So respect the elderly. Verse 5, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Have respect. Have respect to the elderly. Have respect to the, to the person, you know, advancing age. Have person. Have, have that person will be respected because... That that person is, you know, uh, has already the problems that he experienced in this world. That person already experienced um, 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 struggles, and the Lord has has uh, dealt with that person for longer than the Lord has dealt with you. Yeah. And that experience of the person is very valuable to to yeah. the younger ones. We we'll learn from them. So again, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Me, as a pastor, I will not like uh, ram into your uh, life and then will dictate and will tell you what to do. You know, I, I did this to my children, but <laughs> <laughs> but not not to the people in the church because we are just we are all the same. I know that many of you have problem, problems with the Lord. I also have problems with the Lord. Each one of us has problems with the Lord. We, why, why don't we just help one another yep. to have favor of God in this? Yep. Help me pray and oh, with my, with my um, um, problem with the Lord, and I will help you also. We, let us help one another. And when we come to the point of humility, that is where the Lord will work. Notice here. Likewise, younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? He answered this in the, last, in the next phrase. For God resisteth the proud. Yeah. And the opposite to this, he said, and giveth grace to the humble. Amen. We want this grace. We want this blessing. We want God's favor. We don't want God's rejection. We don't want yeah. God's, you know, God will resist in our prayer. Whatever we pray, God will give the opposite. We don't want that. We want God's, you know, uh, grace to us. Yep. And God will give it to the humble. If you, uh, you know, go, go to God and ask God for forgiveness. And verse number six, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you when? In due time. 
What you need to, to survive in due time? Patience again. Yep. You need patience. Because the exaltation, the elevation, the, the, the commendation from God will not be happening now. Will happen five years from now. Mm. May happen ten years from now. So you have to be patient. Because God will exalt you in due time. Do not, you know, do not uh, uh, squander the blessings of God. Because you cannot wait. Do not squander God's blessing because God has promised us with blessing. We want to be mature. We want to be, you know, the Bible says perfect. But that is maturity, really. But we want to be mature. How are we going to be mature? What is the pathway to maturity? And that is, my friend, talking about our position of servanthood. Our position of servanthood. We must take our place as servants. We must take our place as slave. We have to serve one another. Me as a pastor, I will not, you know, ah, you do this and then I do that. Do this. No. If I will be, you know, if, if I am the a, a big boss of a of a corporation, I will do that. <laughs> I will try that. But this is a church. This is different from the worldly organization. The more people we have in our church, the lower I, I would become. Because all of these are, you know, all of these are over me. All these people will become over me. I am God's servant and I'm serving these people. And you also, each one of us, serving one another. We must be clothed with humility. We must take our position of servanthood. Because that is where you know, God is showing that to us. Jesus Christ showed this to us. We must take our place as a slave. You see, when James, wow, this is a great privilege. He was saved and he became the, you know, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. He became the bishop. That means a lot of pastors under him. A lot of pastors under him in the church of Jerusalem. And one good thing in this and very powerful position he is the lord's brother in the flesh he is the lord's brother no one can mess up with this guy no one can mess up with james because he is the lord's brother but i will tell you what he said about himself a slave he has no power of his own that's what he said james a servant of God and of Jesus Christ. What he really meant in that time is, is not a servant that we have now. Me, a pastor, I'm a servant of God. A lot of ministers, a servant of God. A lot of people in the government, servants of God, servant of the government, servant of the people. But they do not really take it as a slave. In those times, if they are a servant, they are a slave. It's different now. We, we, if we call servant, it's like, a, you know, there's a, an entailing pride in that. There's an entailing, you know, honor because you are in a high position, looking down to people. But this person, a servant of God, that means he was really nothing. He was nothing. He is 
on God's, you know, hand. He he is he has no power of his own. And again, a slave knows no law, but the words of his master. Whatever his master would say, that's where the servants are. You see, um, he has no rights of his own. His master literally owns him. And again, that is our position in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 19, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My friend, to be a slave, it implies loyalty. They will not complain. If the master needs to eat and they have not eaten yet, and the master has forgotten that they have not eaten yet, they would not complain. If the master had told them to sit there, do not sleep while I sleep here, do not sleep there, and the next day the master becomes busy and has forgotten that the slave has not slept yet, they will not complain. There is this strong sense of loyalty. The slave has a strong sense of loyalty. They are loyal to their master. They would die. They would give their lives to their master. Now, there is no sense of loyalty today. Yep. Because if you are, if you cannot gain in this the relationship, you will go and find another relationship where you can gain. If you cannot really take, if you have no advantage in this dealing, you will not do that. If this is a, 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 like a partnership and only your partner is benefiting this, you will stop that. Oh, I don't like that. It doesn't, it doesn't give me anything. Why should I, you know, go with you? We go to a place and because this person has, you know, interest in that place. And then you are, come, come with me. Let's go. So, oh, why? Uh, okay, just come with me. Oh, no, I don't like it because it's just, you know, uh, I'm wasting my time there. You don't like it. Why? Because there is no sense of loyalty. There is no sense of, you know, um, um, uh, you are selfish. You only do things if that thing will give you favor. That is not what Jesus Christ has taught us in this life. When someone will ask you, in the Bible said, if someone will bid you to go a mile, go with him twain. What is that? If that is a walk, one, one mile walk, just for the sake of this person, if he goes another mile, just go with him. Just for him. All of those things, just for him, not yours, that is humility. That is servanthood. That is a sense of, you know, service that God wants us to have in our heart. Someone will, will ask you to accompany him and, and, oh, what can I get in that? No, I don't want to. That is not really, you know, Christ-like. That is not Christ-like. 
If I come to the church, what can, what can I gain? You don't come if you cannot gain. That is not Christ-like. And that is the attitude of so many so-called Christians today. Yep. It's embarrassing that we have not learned what is real Christianity. Yep. They incorporate Christianity to their religion yep. and that the, their Christianity in their definition is for their own benefit. Now Christianity is for benefit of others. That is what Jesus Christ died on the cross for. For the benefit of others. It does not benefit him because he already, you know, owns heaven. He already has the throne in heaven. Whether or not he will go to that cross, he will still be there on the, on the throne. Yeah. But he gave himself so that you and I can take part. This is all for us. What he has done is all for us. My friend, that is slavery. That is what is meant of servanthood. And in that servanthood, there is a sense of loyalty. Be loyal to your friend. Be loyal. Give your life to your friend. Even if it does not give you anything in return. Give it to them. Anyway, God will give you your, your prize. The Lord will give you your reward. Oh, I have wasted all my life here. I have wasted all my years with you. And I, I have not gained anything. I'll tell you, the Lord will give you your, your prize. Just be faithful to God. Lastly here, what is our pathway to maturity? Understand that there will be trials and afflictions in our lives. Do not get discouraged because there is trial. Do not get discouraged because there is affliction and hardship and difficulty. Do not get discouraged because that is part of our life. We are placed here by God, here on this earth, and this earth will always give us trouble. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The Lord tells us in advance that there is going to be difficulty ahead. In verse number 2, 3, and 4, it says here, James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy joy despite of trials and temptations despite of you you lose your job count it all joy despise uh, despise uh, despise that despite or despise <laughs> despite that uh, we we have this difficulty we have to count it as joyful because it is coming from the lord Count it all joy. This is really hard because we are not used to this. We do not consider bad things that are happening to us as beneficial to us. We do not consider it as beneficial. We consider it as, oh, we are uh, bad luck or we are cursed. My friend, everything is calculated by God. Everything that happens to your life is God knows, knows it. It's just a testing on your heart. What's going, to, what's going to be your response? Are you going to glorify God if something bad happens to you? Are you going to glorify God if something good happened to you? The end of all these things, whatever things happening, bad or good, must be 
to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything must be to his glory. We must expect trials and even welcome them. Count it all joy. In other words, welcome them. Lord, this is hard, but give me, give me grace. Help me, Lord, that I can, I can survive in this difficulty. Protect my family, Lord. Do not allow them to get so discouraged in this. Because some, some people cannot bear it. Some people, you, you hear that, oh, someone committed suicide because they, they lose the, their business. Someone, uh, uh, someone you know, uh, uh, deep into sin, go with a, with a rich uh, person, uh, this, uh, even though it's against his will or her will, uh, because they are in the brinks of bankruptcy and all those kind of things. And it's hard. It's difficult. But again, we are told here that we have to expect these trials and, and even welcome them. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Worketh patience and do not let go of that patience. Hold on to that patience. Cling unto that patience. Why? Because, but let her but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing let it go and i mean um, um, face it until that storm will pass face it and do not let go uh, of your of your devotion to god do not let go of your faith do not uh, surrender your faith just face it and welcome that trials that will come your way and again, the reality of trials and afflictions are very, very um, common to all of us. And trials often come suddenly. It will come suddenly. Again, verse number two, very telling here. Verse number two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall. You see, all of a sudden you fall. It is sudden. How true to life this is. It comes all of a sudden. And you have not even time to think of what to do next. And that is the test of your faith there. Do you still continue your devotion to God despite of what's going on? See, trials will happen. Trials and these things sometimes vary. There are different kinds of these things. Sometimes these things can be physical. And again, they, they may touch our affections. They, they may touch our emotions. And they may have to do with the loss of our position. That, those are kinds of trials that, again, we think of Job. He lost his Cattles. He lost his sheep by thousands. He's so rich and all of a sudden all is gone. Then all of a sudden he lost his beautiful children. Seven handsome boys. And the Bible tells us that they are very good looking. There's no one, there's no one in the land as beautiful and as handsome 
as the children of Job. God was blessing Job with so much blessing with material things and uh, and the children that's so beautiful. The daughters were so beautiful. There's no uh, um, girl that's as beautiful as the children than the daughters of Job. And all at once, in one go, caskets, ten caskets in front of Job. All her, all his children died at once. You see the testing there. It varied. Sometimes we don't, we don't have to experience that kind of deep testing and uh, very hard to comprehend and and things that's so hard to accept. And again, there are so many people there that that have faith in God, people who believe in God, and all of a sudden, the end of their life. They were killed, and some, some of them, the Bible says, sold asunder. You know what's sold asunder? A body of, a, of, a, of, of the servant of God, this is the body, like the head, shoulder, hand, like that, and then legs. They split the legs, and they cut with saw. They cut it into two. The left side of the body goes this way, the right side of the body goes that way. That we cannot imagine the pain. And these are children of God. These are servants of God. We cannot understand it. Why God allow that? You see, trials of these things, barren. It happened. But when trials come, it is our faith which is, which is tested. It's really that faith that we have. Knowing this, James 1.3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So faith is the principle of our new life. We are believers, and the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. God wants us to understand that that faith that we have in the Lord is so precious in, in, the, in the sight of God. Do not lose it. Be faithful to God to the end. Put that, you know, that is why we need to grow mature. Because if we are not mature, that faith, you know, we'll just squander it. We'll just put it aside. Because we are so immature. Just like Esau, as I mentioned as our example. That birthright is so precious to God. But it's not precious to Jacob. It is just equivalent to a soup. Uh, sorry, Esau. It's just equivalent to the soup. And God hates it. Why? This is eternity. And this is just even for just for a day. The value of this is eternity. The value of this is one day. You are just hungry for the day. Hungry. And then you trade your treasure for this. That's why God could not accept that. And he said, I hate Jacob, Esau, I hate. I hate him. But Jacob, I love. Because Jacob was after the blessing of God. Are you here tonight in your Christian life? Are you after God's blessing? Do you want to <clears throat> fight for it? Do you want to give your position in this world for it are you willing 
to um, to be hated in this world because of that <coughs> favor of God. Because that's what happened to Jacob. Jacob is hated because he got the blessing. But he was ready to accept the hatred of the people as long as he's got the blessing. That's why God loved Jacob. Because Jacob, this is not supposed to be his. But that is God and his blessing there. He wants God and his blessing. So he grabbed it. And Esau later on realized Jacob was so clever. And he hated Jacob. And Jacob knew it. But he would rather be hated by people and be favored by God. And that's what happened to Israel now. Israel is favored by God, but hated by the people around them. Mm. Until today. That's already, uh, we would say, um, that's already 4,000 years in the making. Until today, the same. All these countries surrounding Israel, they hated Israel. But God's favor is upon Israel. Why? Because Israel is Jacob. He grabbed that blessing that's not supposed to be his. Supposed to be to his brother. But he grabbed it. And the problem, the brother, just let go of that because of the piece of meat. And God, you know, is angry at that. Are you here tonight willing to accept the hatred of the people for the favor of God. That is a big, big decision to make. Because we cannot afford the hatred of the people. And we are willingly going to accept that, that this favor of God just for the favor of men. That is the reality. We would rather have men be pleased rather than God be pleased. We are willing to please people and displease God. Say, very simple illustration. Your best friend has birthday, and you know your best friend will not come to church, and he's inviting you birth on his birthday, Sunday. You don't want to displease your friend. And you leave the church because of your friend. It's his birthday. That is one great example that many Christians are doing. Because of someone's birthday, they don't want to, to come to God or to pray or to come to church because of someone's birthday. And that is, God sees that we don't have the heart of Jacob that God loved. We don't have it. Because we easily give up the things of God for the pleasure or to please the people around us. But it's not the end of, you know, the story there. But because if we allow the Lord to be the one that we will focus on and loyal, um, to be loyal to, then the Lord will give us his favor. The Lord will give us his blessing. But you must be willing, you know, to face the dislikes of the people around us just to please the Lord. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, it is our prayer, O oh God, that you will um, grow us into maturity, Lord. Give us maturity. 
Help us, Lord, uh, to gain patience in our lives. And I pray, O oh God, that we will change our ways because, Lord, there are so many things that uh, our life, Lord, is very far from what you want us to be. And, Lord, we are, we are now have grown in our Christian life, but we have not grown our spiritual life. We are so far behind. Lord, please help us. Help us, O oh God, because we want to please you, O oh Lord. We want to um, give you praise and honor. And Lord, we want this maturity, Lord. Help us to understand all these pathways to maturity. And, and bless, Lord, your people, because that is what we are uh, seeking from you, O oh God. Please, Lord, make your favor, Lord, be upon us. And help us, Lord, to live our life that is pleasurable to your side and thank you for your goodness to us Lord for the favors that you have given and the favors that you are going to give and continue Lord to speak to us continue to mold us Lord and help us uh, to live a life that's acceptable um, before your eyes thank you Father for your goodness once again bless all of us in our prayers in Jesus name we pray Amen <clears throat> All right, let's um you can we can take a break for maybe 5 to 10 minutes and then after that we can start praying and find your corners to pray and hopefully the children will not make so much noise then we can uh, pray together. Brother, what's the